and welcome to This Property Life, the podcast brought to you by Property Wealth System. My name is Nick Clayden and I'm a property mentor and trainer and I've been investing in property for the last 15 years or so. I'm based in Scotland with my wife and two young sons and today I'm very privileged to say that we are joined by my good friend and colleague Sarah Blaney. Sarah is also an experienced investor and, and she's a mentor and trainer for Property Wealth System too. Today we're going to be covering lots of subjects but we're going to look at the podcast itself and how we are looking to improve and enhance that based on some feedback from our listeners and we're also going to be sharing with you some stories of mentorships past and present so hopefully there'll be something for you to take away from this today so enjoy hello and welcome back to this property life uh podcast brought to you by property well system i'm i'm nick clayden i'm one of the property well system uh, mentors and trainers and I am here with a very special guest today. Um, we are here with Sarah Blaney, my very good friend and property investor, and also a mentor and trainer with Property Wealth System. So we're going to have a good old chat around um, some mentorship stories, um, but we're also going to introduce a few new um, concepts into the podcast. But firstly, hi, Sarah. Welcome. Hi. Hello, Nick. And here we are on a really sweltering day in, in September, just as all the kids have gone back to school summer arrives yes i know not so much in scotland but you know we we got a bit of sunshine today but yes the kids are back at school so we can actually get on with some work brilliant yes so um yeah sarah so we're gonna have a good chat around some mentorship stuff so we'll talk some stories and and some use some examples of some of our students and what they've what they've done and what they've achieved um, but also, uh, we were having a, a, a chat with um, Sarah and also with Caroline and with Rick. And we're now going to be the four kind of hosts of the podcast. And we're going to rotate that hosting um, slot around um, each other. So sometimes you'll have one of us, sometimes you have two of us. And um, but yeah, you know, we thought it'd be bring you um, all your listeners, uh, you know, a bit of variety, um, some different takes on what's going on in the, in the world of property. Um, I'm also going to bring in a few concepts as well, aren't we, Sarah? So we had a chat about this and we keep getting asked the same kinds of questions from a lot of our guests and a lot of our students in Property Wealth System. So, um, well, yeah, well, tell us about some of those questions that we're getting, Sarah, and what we're going to build into the podcast. Uh, so I think, I mean, I think what people love about the podcast is that it's stories of, of ordinary people doing stuff in property. Um, so we've got some great stories, we've got some normal stories, but all of it's about property and all about people and how they've, they've started and achieved. And I guess that's kind of some of the questions that, that come through that people always want to have answered is, you know, why do you get started in property? Like, what is the big why of, of why you're doing things? What key behaviours do we think and do our guests think make a good property investor? And then the one that um, I think comes through all the time and one that I'm really fascinated by as well is, what do you wish you you knew? What do you wish you'd known back then when you started that you know now? So it's the hindsight question, which I think is fabulous. Yeah, absolutely. I love that one. And um, I think it's always good to find out, you know, what, what's everyone doing out there as well. So I think we're gonna be asking everybody, you know, what is your what's your current strategy and, and why that particular strategy and how does it align perhaps with you know the why? Why are you doing this? And, um, so I always find that fascinating when I'm when I'm talking to more experienced investors further down the line. And for those of you who are maybe just starting out or kind of early on in your journey, you could see, you know, how someone that's been doing it 10, 15 years, um, how they 
you know, adapt and change their strategies over time. But you'll probably always find the successful ones are aligning it quite quite closely to their to the big why that question that we all we all ask ourselves that you know that gets us through the uh, the tough times. Yeah, I think that is the thing with having um, a why do you do something because when barriers come along and something pops up that puts you off the road a little bit, if you're not connected, if you're not if that why isn't strong enough for you, you just kind of give up. It's human nature. We all do it um, but I think that's why I always say to our PWS students understand your why truly connect with it it will change over time things evolve but if you don't connect with it and have strength with that why when it, something tries to derail you it's easier to give up yeah absolutely that must be you know resonates with me too Sarah now I'm, I'm, myself and Rick were just um, delivering a one of our um, implemented training courses at the weekend, the Power Up course, uh, which is great for investors who've maybe made a start and, you know, life gets in the way and suddenly they find themselves, you know, a few months or a year down the line and haven't quite got where they wanted wanted to be. Um, and so that course is a bit of a reset for people. And, we, you know, we do kind of start there. We, 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 do, we do get people to think about their vision because for me, if someone has stalled a little bit, I'm going to question that why and say, you know, was that strong enough? Were you giving us the real reason? What is the real reason? We, we, we do need to, to dig into that. Because as we know, Sarah, you know, it's quite hard, isn't it? To actually make a success of property. It's, um, I, I, you know, I, I think some people out there think, oh, I can watch a couple of YouTube videos and uh, off I go, you know, this is easy. Go and buy some houses. Um, but you and I know it's a little bit different. Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, it's not rocket science. Um, it's buy a house, refinance a house, you know, solve a problem. However, it's really multi-layered, uh, and there's a lot going on, uh, you know, all the time, and they're all different. And you have to wear lots and lots of different hats. Um, and you know, I think that's that's why one of the questions that we've constantly been asked to ask people is, what are those key behaviours of a property investor? Because whilst it's not a complex thing, the process is very multi-layered, which means that there's lots of things there to trip you up. Um, so uh, yeah, it's um, it's an interesting industry. It's um, very rewarding, uh, but it can be it can be quite lonely. Um, but it you know it ultimately gives you what you put in. I think that's the key. Yeah, and I, I say this a lot on, on on the courses that that I I run. They say, look, you know. Be under no illusions that this is difficult. It's hard. You know, it's hard work. You know, sometimes you might be getting up at four or five in the morning and driving four hours up the road, down the road to go to your investment area, you know, and, and you, you, you've got to really want to do that. Um, so I say, look, this is hard, but it's worth it. It is worth it when you've built that portfolio and you can start, you know, to, to live life differently, to um, give self security and, and to really kind of build build a future, so uh, so yeah, you know I think that's what we'll talk about. So all right, well let's let's put this into action, Sarah. So new style of podcast, some new presenters, and a couple of new questions. So over to you, Sarah. So what, what do you want to start? With? Should we start with? If you're happy to share it, what is your why, Sarah? Why are you doing this? So for me, I am quite an analytical person, Nick, as you know, um, the, yes. the, the creative side, the vision side, it comes to me, but it's not, um, 
It's not something that comes as naturally as the analytical side. So for me, defining and describing that why has been something that I have honestly um, battled with over the years and really had to work at because I'm not the sort of person that could just go, you know, come up with some big, um, big reason for things. It's kind of like, well, I just, you know, I want a better life. And that was it at the beginning. I just want it to be a bit better. So I've really had to work on actually how, what that looks like and what that actually means um, so that when it is a bit tough, I can I can call back on it and say, this is the reasons for it. So, and I'm still evolving that, you know, eight years of, of full-time property investing, I'm still evolving that part of um, the process for me. But I think ultimately, you know, Rick and I have a, a family, we've got kids. Um, my why is kind of all around those, but that's again, not strong enough. I need it for myself as well. Um, so I just, I want a simple life. The things I, I enjoy in life are very simple. I live by the seaside. That was a big why for me. I wanted to move to the seaside. I've achieved that uh, four years ago. Um, I want to immerse myself in nature. I want to get a camper van and bugger off around Europe and travel and all of that sort of stuff. I'll be doing that when the kids are of an age that allows you know us as a family to either separate a little bit or they come with us, whichever. Um, but that's my why. I want a simple, wholesome kind of a life um, where I can just not have to rely on working every day, putting hours in every day to have that financial figure that, you know, maintains us as a family. So it's legacy and it's just doing with my time what I want and my time I want to be off traveling. Fab. Thank you for that. Now I obviously know you and I know your, 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 your story. Um, and you possibly may be underselling yourself a little bit there. I mean, you, you could live, you could go down to the seaside and live in a shack, couldn't you, on the beach? But, you know, I've been to your house. You've got a beautiful house in, in an amazing town um, that regularly gets voted, you know, the number one and number two place to live in the whole of the UK. Um, you know, so there's probably a little bit more to that. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. No, thanks. Brilliant. Thanks for that. And, uh, um you know, I know you've created this amazing life yourselves down there on the coast. And, every, you know, whenever I try and contact you, you're always out on a boat or doing something or, um, you know, and I know that your, your son, Patrick, is, you know, learning to sail boats and do all sorts of cool things. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's an amazing life. So thank you for that one. All right. So let's, let's get into it then. So three key behaviours of a successful property investor. What do you think? <clears throat> so I think... Uh, resilience is resilience and persistence i think they're quite similar values i think that's one of the most important things um keep turning up every day keep taking action um you know just persistently doing things um don't take things personally would definitely be a, a second one so yeah. in this business um you will meet lots of big personalities you're you know as in every industry it has it's good and it's bad um we have one focus and that is to solve problems through property and sometimes you will come across builders or suppliers um who don't behave the way that you always want them to um and you've just got to not take things personally you've got to go what could I have done in that situation to have made it better? What am I going to learn from it? And how do I go forward? 
So it's constant problem solving. So I think resilience, um, don't take things personally. Um, and I think the third one would be not to take it too seriously because it is an industry. Ooh, that, what am I? Oh, did I? There you go. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but I, I think it's a one. Well, yeah, why do you think? Gonna, it's important? I was going to say, remember to have fun with it. You know, enjoy yeah. the process, um, which I think is what. Sorry, I interrupted you, but you were about to say. Um, yeah. And it is. I think you have to because you know it can be hard work. Okay? Well, not can be. It is hard work. Um, and you know, if you don't enjoy it, what's the point? You know, you might as well just go and have a job that you hate as well. Um, <laughs> So, you know, you and I both worked in the recruitment industry and, you know, there were certainly some highs and, but there were definitely some lows there. And it was, I can probably say for both of us that we never truly engaged with that industry and that particular job. There were things about it I liked, but there's probably more that I didn't like than I did. Yeah. Um, so why would I swap that for something that I also don't like? So I genuinely love going and seeing houses. I mean, we literally went and saw a boat yesterday you know, um, and, and loved it. It was great experience. Well, more than a boat, it was a kind of hotel on a boat. But, um, you know, it was just, yeah, I still love going out and seeing smelly houses and having fun with it, you know. Yeah. You know, you, you all know as well, I mean, Rick sometimes has been out in Southport looking at properties and Liverpool looking at properties and coming across all sorts of things like hash farms and all things. You know, we have we, we <laughs> take a few silly photos and go on with it. But, you know, it's serious, but we enjoy it, you know. Yeah. Um, it's kind of fun. Absolutely. And I think because property can be quite lonely, you have to inject that little bit of fun through it. Um, so I think you can you can look at it both ways. So you, you, you might not like the whole process of property. If you're working with a partner, um, then, you know, divide and your roles equally so that you're doing the bits that you you really enjoy. And there they might have different talents that they can bring to it, that that's the bit that they really enjoy. So you know, I think the viewings, if you don't enjoy viewing property, I think that's a bit weird. <laughs> I think you're in the wrong game if you don't you enjoy are viewing the wrong game. Yeah. So I think after that, you know, we can all sort of pick and choose bits that we like. Um, so some people love the thrill of the, the deal and the chase of the, the deal. But as soon as it's done, they're like a bit bored and over it. So the, the actual implementation of, say, tenant type or whatever it is, could be a bit like meh for them. Um, yeah. But some people might really love that bit because they're giving someone a home and they're getting to know them and all that sort of side. So I think it's we all take different bits out of it, but we I think you have to find you have to find the fun in it, um, and yeah, don't take it too seriously. Yeah, I have to say on you know the course of your run, mentoring, etc. That there's a game. It's a bit of a game. You know, you got to play the game, um, and games should be fun for sure. Yeah, and I think um, I think you know we obviously as property investors. Um, as entrepreneurs, we read an awful lot of self-development or listen to a lot of self-development books. And there's often talk in all of those books about mindset and reframing things that could be seen as negative to more of a positive uh, way of looking at things. So, um, you know, again, I think that that some of the, that, that playing of the game can sometimes, if you say, well, this is a game and I'm going to play it this way, it can take away the the negative mindset that you might have already had with that situation to make you actually behave better and execute better. Yeah, I'm telling you, yeah, absolutely. 
Cool. All right, so that's number two. Um, and what is the other question? It is, what do you wish that you had known at the outset that you now know? Yeah, so this is one that revolves around money. So, Nick, we've often spoken about how we all have different relationships with money. Yeah. Much of it is uh, bred into us in our younger years um, just by society, parental values, etc., etc. And we all have like weird, generally most people have a weird relationship with money. They feel they might not deserve yeah. it. Um, you know, they feel it's not there for them. All of these sorts of things. Um, or that, you know, by g- gaining money for yourself uh, when someone else doesn't have it, isn't right. And everyone's it's real emotional baggage around it. So mine is around money in that um, I've often, I think, if I'm brutally honest, felt, why should I have the money? I'm not, you know, I'm not worthy of, of having that sort of a wealth. Um, and that's something I've had to work on. And that directly hits on my ability to raise angel money. So in the very beginning, we were investing up in the northwest where property prices were a lot um, cheaper than where I currently live on the south coast. And the amounts of money that we were raising, we raised it immediately. And I think, you know, you know, you played a massive part in that in terms of my mindset. Um, But we were raising, you know, 50k and 100k which is big money i'm not not saying it isn't um but i wish what i'd known is that raising 50k 100k is actually no different from raising in from one person than raising 700k or a million from that person i've always thought that that's out of touch for me that that going to um private wealth you know private family offices uh, and and going yeah there's a guy who's got a few hundred million, why shouldn't I ask them for, for some of that and show them the opportunity that I have that can make them money? That's always felt out of touch for me. And if I'm honest, it's only been in the last year that that has been conversations that I'm having now on a very regular basis um, where I've shifted to a few extra noughts at the end is okay. I wish I'd known that at the beginning. It would have accelerated everything a lot quicker. You've done it again, Sarah. That was my third one. That was my answer as well for that question. Or well, very similar anyway. Very similar. Something else. Um, brilliant. Yeah. No, that's 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 a great, great lesson. I think it's one that everyone probably can connect with is money raising. It's such an integral part of what we do. And, you know, I thought I'll do my three in a minute. I'm sure you're going to ask me my three. So I'll come on to it. But um yeah, you know, it's um, it's one of these things we all have to get our heads around in some way um, because we can't really get where we want to go without without, without it. Um, and I was probably guilty of probably putting it off a little bit at the beginning and, you know, thinking, well, well Ka- Caroline's the one with the, you know, she's the one that can chat to anyone and put her front and centre and, and, and that's kind of her role, but it's kind of probably not how it's panned out as much. Um, yeah, we, we, we both have different ways of doing it and we've both been successful. Yeah, um, but I had to learn. It's really hard for me to learn. Yeah, it's really yeah. interesting that you said that you both have different ways of doing it, and you're both successful. Because I think mm. lots of people do ask, don't they? Well, how do you raise money? And they're expecting mm. a a step one, step two, step three. It's no, not like yeah. that. It's not, is it? No. Cool. Okay. Brilliant. All right. Great answers. Thank you for that one. Um, guess it's my turn then. 
Yeah. So, Nick, tell uh, everyone listening um, a little bit about why you and Caroline got started in property. Yeah, I mean, for us, it was all about creating a better life, for sure. Um, You know, we at the time when we started, this is back in 2009, 10, we'd just come out of the recruitment industry. We just set up our own one um, industry, our own recruitment business. It was kind of lifestyle business. But we were... I think it all sparked actually from when we first got together and um, we wanted to go and see you out in Australia. I don't know if you remember that. Um, and um, yeah, we wanted to, yeah, we both had enough holiday left and we both worked for the same company. And, um, you know, we, we asked to get three weeks. So you had to ask, even if you were a manager in the business, you still had to ask to get three weeks off you know it was oh you know you're allowed 11 days in a row but oh three weeks I don't know about that and and they caused a real problem about it to the point that we just thought even if they say we say no we're actually just going to do it anyway and they kind of got stinging away and after that subsequently was at our age in that time you know we were in our what was I late 20s might have even been 30 Sarah I don't know was I no I was uh <clears throat> I was in my late 20s I thought at this age, seriously, I've got to ask somebody for a holiday, you know, and, and that it, it's kind of something that you just become accepting of, I guess, if you go and work for somebody else. You know, and during that time as well, your know, company was the managing director of the company was going around all the offices, you know, delivering the company vision. And I remember just being so bored with this company vision going, well, how is that actually? Why, why am I supposed to care about that? <laughs> as long as I can get paid, I really don't care about this the company visions of my company. You know, you know what I mean? so it was all those sorts, I think, all came together. And for both of us at the time, we thought, hang on a minute, you know, we're educated people, we've been successful in, in the work that we do. What are we doing? <laughs> let's go and do this for ourselves. So we did. And then obviously the recession came and knocked that out. And we thought, well, let's take all that and apply that to something else that we actually actually do like doing and that and that was property so for us the why was always to create you know a, a great life for ourselves we didn't have a family then but we knew we would we wanted that family and and as we started that process you know we then did have two boys and and the, and the why kind of adapted i think over time to become about legacy for them as well as great life for us and them you know so it was always about for me living life on 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 my or our terms, as in, you know, we're not beholden to anybody else. It's all on us. If we succeed or not, it's, it's on us. Yeah. Um, and, we, and we backed ourselves to to be successful. Um, and um, th- that's really what it what it was for, so that we could be in a position where we could take holidays when we want. We could set our businesses up so that we don't have to physically be working in them all the time um and and to be able to leave leave a legacy you know for, for, for the boys that's yeah. that's our why my why yeah absolutely and, and you know it's it's obviously not too dissimilar to to rick and i um either but i think you know one of the fascinating things that you will have experienced and, and i definitely have having worked with lots of different property investors and students over the years is that there's lots of different whys out there isn't there and some of yeah, them yeah. are real um tearjerkers and uh you know they're real unique emotional ones and some of them are are like ours it's it's building a legacy for family and and living life on 
on your terms. And I think people can often think that they need um, a strong why, because we say you have to have a strong why. You have to connect strongly with your why. That's uh, yeah, the that's, that's the key. Yeah, that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. If it doesn't give you goosebumps when you think or talk about it, then it's not strong enough, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and, you know, occasionally get students that, yeah, you know, I, I, I just want money. I just want to be rich or I want, you know, all these toys and cars and things and i think well okay we need to work we need to work on that yeah. because that's that's that, I, I know that that isn't your actual why yeah um, when you strip it back none of none of it's about money yeah i remember yeah we talked i know we're going to talk about some mentorship stores as well Sarah, but so i'll bring one in now i was on a mentorship with a chap um a few years back now and he was a bit like that and and you know the first thing we do on a mentorship is talk about the why because it's so important i say to everyone i work with it's like look if you want to go out and buy houses we can go buy houses we can do that but if you don't know why you're going out buying houses that it's pointless you know you're just buying things so it's, it's got to be a purpose to it and a point and um initially he was all about yeah i just want to be wealthy i want to be rich i want to have loads of money blah blah blah, blah. and I, I didn't let him off the hook and we sat there probably took about three hours to get there but when we stripped it all away it was actually we actually wanted to do was to go and build schools in India. That was that well, was that's it. quite a that's quite a, a leap, isn't it, from what he said? Yeah, and but that was it. And I saw as soon as he started talking about it, he started like welling up, and I could see he was trying to hold back the tears. And I was like, that that's it. That's the why. And they essentially need money to be able to to do that. Yeah. Um. So the money was secondary. It was like you know he needs to be independent. And I've independent well, so he can then go and be the, do the philanthropy thing that was the real the real reason. Um now that was a mega strong why, you know, that was you know, not everyone's like that. Yeah. But I just I always kind of use that as an example when I talk to you know, if, if you're having trouble coming up with a why and you give me the you know, the obvious things, the the, the material things, I I'm gonna question it because I don't yeah. really believe it. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, I think a lot of that for both of us probably comes from um, a bit of a, a pre-life in recruitment and dealing mm. with people and being able to read what they're actually saying by how they look and how their body language is rather than what the words that they're, they're using. Um, so exactly as you said, as that guy's eyes lit up as he talk, spoke about something, you know, that's that's when it, it's real. Yeah. Got another one as well, actually um and uh, gary if you're listening you'll, you'll know who i'm talking about um so yeah i was working with, with another guy in birmingham um a few again yeah maybe six seven years ago and um at the time i met him he, he was you know he loved his music and he had taken on a music franchise business when i talked to him about it he, he you know it was just his his eyes were just glazed over he was just so beaten down by it because he was working really hard but not getting much from it even though he loved his music, he'd got himself, he'd bought himself a job in music, not actually just enjoying music. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, so he started talking about it. He thought he'd made the right step into, you know, becoming a business owner to, to, to buy this franchise. Um, but it really quickly, you know, when we started talking about, oh, what do you like about music? And he, you know, his eyes lit up again in music. And then we started talking about property. And again, I saw the same reaction. You know, the eyes lit up and he was like, do you use my pro property? And I was like, had to ask a question it's like well why are you doing this and not that it was like i don't know so we sat down and we and we, we made a plan and literally within that 
two-day mentorship by the end of that two-day mentorship we'd gone out and bought a um i'll say we he you know with me alongside him went out and he bought um an hmo development you know a, a, a terrace house to do that he was going to strip out and turn into a, a, a six bed or seven bed i think he did in the end seven bed hmo um that was going to cash for like 1500 quid a month and that actually just that one did that one deal basically paid him back what he was earning out of the out of the um the franchise business he did so um just by changing the you know the i don't know the his mentality about what he was doing and just focusing on the things he enjoyed yeah and now you know when i see now i follow him on facebook and stuff and i catch up with him every now and again but he's always down this local jazz club in birmingham and there's Jessica he's been going to at the time. You know, he goes all the time. Now he just enjoys listening to music and not actually doing anything in music or teaching. And he's built this property business and portfolio that's really successful. And it all, yeah, I'd like to think I had a small part to play in just helping him just shift and and, and just focus on the real why and not, you know, um, the one he, he thought it was. But again, that's yeah. what we go back to talking about enjoyment. You know, as you say, you know, you learn to read body language doing what we do and, see the whole posture change and the eyes light up and you know leaning forward and talking and you know all that kind of stuff is just a, a massive you know um beacon that says yeah i this is what i want to do <laughs> yeah yeah so moving on from what yes, we want to do yes, I digress, what I do you think are the three key behavior traits what are the three sort of key things that a property investor needs well, I'm, I'm going to say I'd say it's one of yours. It's persistence, absolutely. Um, if you if you don't have that level of persistence, you, you know you're going to you're going to allow blocks to just stop you, and that's why you know we, we on this course at the weekend we had um, probably half the room was in that position. They had a couple of blocks, and there's one lady there who, you know, had had really wanted this house and she put loads of work into it, and then got gazumped at the last minute, and that really put her off, and you know, it kind of deflated everything and. You know, stalled it for months. You know, think, well, yeah, let, yeah, let, let's work on that. That's why we need to connect with why, make that stronger, and, and and that gives you that sense of persistence to overcome these and reduce the size of this obstacle. You know, you might put all this work in, and think, done all this work, and it's this big thing. And actually, when you reduce that down, look, this is just a little hitch in the road. If you've got twenty offers out there and one gets knocked back, doesn't really matter, does it? If you've only got one and it's this is the one you put everything into, all your emotions, everything, then it's easier to derail you. So definitely persistence is an absolute key trait. Um what's your second? Second one, second one is uh follow advice of people who've been there and done it before. Ooh, that's, like a great, that's a great sounds, one. Sounds obvious, doesn't it? You know, when you think about it logically, why wouldn't you just listen to someone that's done it? Yeah. All right, and just do what they did really obvious but you'll be amazed at how many people kind of overthink it and um start adding other bits in or taking bits away from the advice and and, and kind of thinking they know better that sounds a bit arrogant but it's like well look if you're just starting out and i've been doing it 15 years and look you can see the stuff that we've done why wouldn't you listen and why mm. wouldn't you think i'm just going to model that Going to model that behavior now, you might not do it exactly i'm not saying do exactly what we did but it's more about modeling the behaviors i think yes. um, yeah. and it's it's why make the same mistakes that you know that you someone else has made um mm. learn from them uh, i think making mistakes is something we we all have to do 
in order to grow. Um, but we don't have to make every mistake, do we? We can learn from someone else's making those mistakes that we don't have to and we can forge forward a, a little bit clearer. Yeah, absolutely. And some of these mistakes can, can knock you back, you know, and they can financially hurt you. And, you know, there's so much advice that we have within our network that can just stop all that. Can just You can just leapfrog all of that mm. and just, you know, go so much quicker. You know, you'll say the same thing. I know that, you know, when I started out, when we did our training originally, um, that's all we thought. We thought we're, we're literally paying here to not make these mistakes. Brilliant. That's amazing. Yeah. Right? And um, and we can just start from a higher point of not having to spend one, two, three years doing all that. We can now start from this point. We've got this knowledge. We're not going to make those silly mistakes and we can we can build from that. Yeah. Um, so yeah I think that, that's, that's 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 really key. And I remember when we first started our property education and, you know, we we'd paid an amount of money for it. And someone said to us, it could have been you, Nick. Um, you've actually brought a seat at the table. And so therefore you'd go and talk to everyone at that table because that's where your learning really, really comes. Um, so I think that, that that's a great one to have. What's your third? Well, my third one, I've had to rapidly kind of reassess because it was going to be about money as well. So I am going to just touch on that because I think it's so, so important. Um, it was really similar actually to what, to what, to what you said, which was um, I wish I could go back and tell myself at the beginning that actually raising money is fun. And, um, and not as difficult as I thought it was going to be. Uh, and to take all the assumptions away, you know, it's very, very easy to put loads of assumptions in place. Why would anyone lend money to me? What have I got? You know, what, you know, if someone's really wealthy, what, what would they be doing talking to me? You know, it, it's just got to get rid of all of that because yeah. reality is that there's lots of people that will listen to you and they do, will like what you're doing. Um, and you're absolutely right. It, it's the same really raising 50 grand is, is 5 million you're just talking to different people yeah um, and it's not that those people um are more intelligent are better are some sort of superhuman they're not and i think that's something that that people always think that people with money are some sort of untouchable gurus and they're really not um yeah. so just talk to them as you would ordinarily you know present the opportunity I mean, to win absolutely there's one of our you know potential investors we've been to he's, he's just a high net worth guy who's been really successful in his job but you talk to him he's the most down-to-earth normal bloke you could chat to he just yeah. got his criteria what he lends on and that's it if he likes it and he lends and he wants to lend on it there you go that's cash so um yeah it's to just remove all the assumptions about money and do that but i'm gonna have another one as well I'm going to stick another one in there, Sarah, if that's right, because, because you said about money. So I'm going to put another one in, which is celebrate success. I think I think that successful investors will celebrate the wins along the way. Um, and I think that's a really important one as well. Is It's very easy to keep going, well, I haven't got where I want to go yet, so I'll, I'll, I'll defer delay. I won't, I won't celebrate that. But you should, I think. You know, yeah. um, at it's the beginning, you're celebrating. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm quite bad. Um, I've had to kind of you know, really force that, I think, and just make, even if it's just a little point, just like, look, we just, just acknowledge it. We'll open a bottle of wine, mm. a bottle of fizz if we're feeling really kind of flush, Sarah, and, um, and we'll just acknowledge it. Look, that was good. Yeah, cool. All right, on to the next problem, but let's just acknowledge that we did that. Yeah. Do you know what? I think um, that's one that I struggle with. Rick, Rick 
Rick just like a social bunny, I think, because he's married to me, he gets dragged down. Um, so, you know, yesterday is a prime example of this. Yesterday afternoon, about 4.30, we completed uh, on, on a deal, on a purchase. Um, and it was the first day back at school for our youngest son. He just moved up to big school. Um, and Rick was like, oh, we, you know, we need to go and celebrate. And, and I said, no, it's we've got to be with the boy, you know, we've got to talk to the boy about his day and all of that sort of stuff. And the, the day, you know, the night came and went and um, we didn't celebrate it at all. And that's very typical of us. And actually we really need to stop that sort of behavior. I do remember one year, a few years ago, we decided to do a memory jar as a family. Um, and every time that something um, generally good, because, you know, it's all about positivity uh, happened, we just write a little note, chuck it in a jar and then at the end of the year, we all opened our jars um, and it was actually brilliant because there was loads of little things in there as well as the big things um, that we all remembered, you know, and it was the kids did it for their life and what mattered to them. Um, and we, we all went, well, that was lovely. We should so do that again. Of course, we'd never have. Um, but I do remember, you know, thinking this, this is a really nice thing to do. Um, so maybe yeah. maybe 24 is the year for that for us. Get the memory jar back. Get it back. I reckon. Yeah, bring it back. But yeah, no, it is, it is a key one. I said, you know, it doesn't have to be big, you know, let's all go out and spray champagne all over the place. But, you know, just acknowledge, sometimes just acknowledging, look, that was good. Yeah. Happy with that. That's a good feeling. Yeah. Good. Okay. Um, right. Any um, menship stories, Sarah, that can um, encapsulate any of those, any of those terms, any of those things we've talked about? Yeah, I think, you know, sometimes it's um, it's not always the, because I think people think that mentorships are, you know, going to change your life and you're going to find the purchase that, that changes everything for you. Um, and I think that that happens. Don't get me wrong. That does, does happen. Um, but sometimes it's actually the process of what you go through, isn't it? So, um, you know, we I did a, a mentorship with a, a younger um, lad um, up north, and it was one of my favorites because he was just so driven and um, and his mindset was amazing. And a bit like how when you were talking to um, to Gary, you know, why are you doing this? He kind of went through the motions and then, you know, you kind of you needed to have that reset on, on what it was he actually needed to do. When I was talking to this young chap on our first morning, it was very much, you know, he's like, so we're going to go and look at some houses. I was like, oh, God, this is going to be really exciting. Because, you know, I think he's a, he's a really um, capable, intelligent lad with loads of drive. And why has he suddenly not got any when I'm talking about property? Um, and I just said to him, it doesn't feel like you're really enjoying this, dude. What, what's going on? And he said, oh, it's all right. But um, what I really want is to build up my business. And he was in construction. Um, and I said, well, should we work on that for a bit instead? it's property related and it would open lots of doors for him on a property as well so we spent quite a lot of that mentorship actually working on his because i love small business and the strategy side of it we bought up a business plan for his um bear in mind he was only 20 at the time and um, built up a business plan for his construction business uh and um developed a website for him and literally put everything together for him to go and dominate in his construction business and then tied that back into property as to the things that he could do with his construction business that then dovetailed. We actually found him a house on mentorship 
which he's um, still in. He's just had his second child in there because it was going to be a flip. Uh, and then it turned out pregnancies and, and all this sort of stuff. It's the perfect family home for him. Um, and he got it at such a good deal. Um, and we found that and it wasn't what he was expecting. We were going out looking at 60K houses. He ended up buying a 250K house, which is now worth, you know, far, far, far more than that. Uh, and his construction business is flying like he's been on TV pro or um, yeah, different programs and radio programs with the construction. And I just love it because it was so different to normal mentorship. So that's absolutely one of my favorites. Amazing. I mean, that, yeah, that's it doesn't, you know, mentorships give me about the, it's always about the person. It doesn't have yeah. to be what you think it is. Um, and that's our job as mentors is to identify that, isn't it? And say, well, look, we're not just because we're here supposedly to go buy houses. That's what we're going to do. But to change and adapt. And, and you know, I'm, I'm sure he will look back and say that that mentorship was amazing, even though you didn't potentially go and look at loads and loads of houses. But you, what you did was completely set him on the right path. Yeah, oh, don't get me wrong, it's as well. We just packed a lot in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we got him. We, we bought him a house on that mentorship, um, which yeah. yeah, has worked out really well. So that's definitely um one of my little favorites. And you know, I'm still in touch with with him now. Um, but you know, there's I think there's there's lots and lots of um great stories that that come through of but mainly it's because people have changed their mindset and the fear has gone um so we've got some amazing pws students called alex and kate based in wales um who we did a, a mentorship for in wales probably gosh i don't know maybe it was two years ago they'd correct me probably it's probably longer than that um and they they were you know i don't think they'll mind me saying they were quite fearful they didn't want they didn't know how to speak to an estate agent um you know they were they kind of said oh we've tried this and we've tried this before in life and it's never worked and you know what if we fail at this and it was that sort of you know mindset that they came in with and um you know working with them over the two days in the field but more importantly the time we spent before that analyzing strategy getting to know them and then also after that in terms of the follow-up sessions of all our our mentorships um those guys now have got you know over five properties, I think they're onto their sixth or seventh property in the last two years, whilst also, um, you know, holding down uh, permanent jobs and a family. Um, Kate's about to launch her own business, which is what we discussed on that mentorship. I Come said, to her, you know, you're doing this as a job right now and you're contracted for these hours and those hours are given to somebody else. What if you did that for yourself and then you could do it on your terms? And she was like, oh, right, okay, how could that look? So we again, you know, not so much detail, but we put up that business plan for her, showed her what it could look like. And she launched that about three three weeks ago. Um, so I'm just delighted because it shows the long-term effects of what those days in the field and, you know, the, the surrounding time with her on, on Zooms, what it can actually achieve. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So, you know, there's, I mean, we've so many stories like that i think we should do a whole nother episode on loads of stories and perhaps let's put it out there to um to the listeners you know tell us what you want to hear 
you know, if you've got any ideas on, you know, what kind of things you want to hear in terms of mentorship stories or anything else property related, you know, give us a like on 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 here. Um, send us send us a message. Um, you know, you can catch us at propertywellsystem.co.uk. Um, that's our website address. Um, oh, run... for this property life. Yeah, exactly. So, so you said that again, Sarah. Uh, on Instagram um, at this property life. Yeah, this property life on Insta. So send us a message if you've enjoyed this, and um, and let us know what else you want to hear. Um, if you want to contact Sarah personally, you can contact Sarah at. Uh, you can email me at sarah at doodleandpatch.com. And Nick, yourself? For me, it'll be nick at claydonproperty.com. So do please connect. We want to hear from you. Give us some feedback and let us know what you want out of this podcast going forward. Yeah. And if you want to hear some more mentorship stories, let us know what you want to hear. We've got hundreds of them. And they're all good. <laughs> they're all good. Uh, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time, sir. It's been great to see you and catch up. And I'm sure we'll see you soon. And um, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, Nick. Well, I hope you enjoyed uh, that chat with Sarah. I'm uh, fascinating to listen to um, Sarah's answers on some of those key questions that we're going to be asking everyone going forward. And hopefully you can take something away from that and from some of my answers too. Um, there's always some great nuggets to pick up uh, when you're talking to experienced investors, for those of you starting out or maybe looking to reset and, you know, and, and move forward again. Um, and a few little nuggets there from the uh from the mentorship stories that we've shared. And I think we're going to do some more of that as over the coming weeks. So look out for some of those episodes where we're going to be talking about how mentorships can really, really help you to move forward. So if you want to connect with Sarah directly, um, it's sarah at doodleandpatch.com. And of course, if you want to find out more about Property Wealth System and how we can help you, um, our website is propertywealthsystem.co.uk. So again, I hope you've enjoyed that and we're looking forward to bringing you some more exciting content over the coming weeks. Look out for some great episodes coming up with some uh, industry professionals and some more of our colleagues and students who have been successful in property who have some really, really useful stories to share with you. So we'll see you soon.